0: Hello, everyone. I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight. We're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program. Thank you for being a part of our Pathlight family, whether you're listening by way of radio, one of the social media pages, or perhaps on our podcast. We're so glad to have you with us. By the way, let me mention the Pathlight podcast. If you'll check that out on uh, whatever software or program or app you use to uh, to listen to your podcast, you can check out Pathlight and uh, you'll find an archive there. Of many of our programs and uh, anyway, you might want to might want to check that out if you get an opportunity. Unanswered prayer. That's what we're going to be talking about that uh, today. Where is God when you need him? Sometimes he seems very far away, and yet we know from the promises in the word of God, he is not far away but uh, we'll be taking a look at that today so I hope you'll stay tuned for today's entire entire program right now though here's the uh, Gaither Vocal Band it's uh, it's called The King is Coming and if there's any statement that uh, has been true over the ages maybe it's even more true today stand by for today's message
1: The marketplace is empty, no more traffic in the streets. All the builders' tools are silent, no more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives cease their labors in the courtrooms, no debate. Work on earth has been suspended as the King comes through the gate. The King is coming, the King is coming, I just heard. to a good boy.
0: That's exactly what this world needs, is a good king, and it's not going to be long. We're, we're surely going to have one. Today we're discussing the fact of unanswered prayers or prayers unanswered. You know, of all the things that sometimes weigh us down, perhaps no burden is greater for the child of God than the silence of our Lord. A godly mother prays for her wayward son. He's, he was raised in the church. He went to Sunday school. He knows the Bible. But when he left home, he left it all behind, and for many years his mothers prayed for him unceasingly, but but to this day he remains a prodigal. Why are prayers unanswered? A wife prays for a husband who left her after many years of marriage. He seems utterly unreachable, and the marriage heads swiftly, it would appear, for divorce. She prays. But why are these prayers unanswered? A husband prays for his wife. She has terminal cancer. She has six, maybe seven months to live. So the doctors say none of the treatments seem to have stopped the aggressive cancer. The elders anoint her with oil and pray over her in the name of the Lord. But still, but still she dies five months later. A young man prays fervently for deliverance. There's an overpowering temptation in his life. And as much as he would like to overcome it, seemingly he's powerless the struggle never seems to end. The more he prays, the worse the temptation becomes. Why is that prayer not answered? And so we cry out with the psalmist, "'Why standest thou afar off, Lord? Why, why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble?' Psalm 10, 1, the psalmist said, "'Lord, why do you stand so far off "'when I seemingly need you the most?' As we think about this question, we'll be helped if we simply acknowledge reality. A great many believers struggle with the issue of unanswered prayer. I do. uh, You do, I'm sure. All of us do. If God really does answer prayer, and we certainly know He does, why doesn't He answer my prayer? Specifically, this prayer. For those who are in pain, it may not be enough, just simply to say, well, God always answers prayer, but sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says, well, just be patient and wait. Well, I know that sounds good, and it comes sometimes as even theologically correct, but, but uh, we say it a lot. I've said it to myself, but honestly, it sound, sounds kind of empty when someone cries out to God from the pit of despair and desperation and the heavens are brass, and seemingly the answer never, never comes. There are people who bear hidden scars from the pain of prayers that were not answered. They remember times when they prayed, really prayed, I mean, and said all the right words with all the right motives. They even fasted. They asked their uh, friends to join them in prayer. They got their pastors and the elders of the church involved, deeply believing that only God could help them out. And after they prayed, they waited and waited and waited, but God never seemed to answer. We don't talk about this problem a whole lot. I suppose that's because we're afraid to admit our prayers aren't always answered. It might make us seem a little unspiritual. It might cause others to lose their faith in God. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what has happened. Many good, devout people secretly doubt that God answers prayer at all. That They doubt it, for when it really counted, seemingly God did not come through for them. So in their hearts, deep in the inner recesses of the soul, something they might not verbalize or admit outwardly, hidden behind that smiling face, rest a profound disenchantment with, with God. But I've been helped by one great discovery, and that is this. I'm not the first person to have my prayers go unanswered. In fact, the Bible is filled with stories of men and women who prayed to God in the moment of crisis, and God, for reasons sometimes explained, and more often than not, not explained, He did not answer their prayers. We don't hear much about that because our focus is, well, is naturally on answered prayers. It's on the great answers that came from God just in the nick of time. Most of us would rather hear about the parting of the Red Sea than about uh, Trophimus being left sick in Miletus. Miracles that did happen are always more encouraging than stories of miracles so earnestly desired, but That didn't happen or almost happened. As I flip through the pages of the Word of God, I find no story of unanswered prayer that encourages me more than the account of Paul's unanswered prayer in Second Corinthians 12. And that pac- passage, if you remember, Paul reveals that for 14 years, 14 years earlier, he'd been called up into heaven and seen things no mortal man had ever seen before, undescribable things of beauty and, and grandeur. It was the greatest experience of his life, and he never forgot what it was like. But when that great experience was over, something else happened to Paul that would change his whole perspective on life. Let him tell the story in his own words in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Bible studies sometimes are unclear and Bible students are sometimes divided about exactly what this verse refers to. In one sense, maybe it really doesn't matter exactly what it's about. The crucial point is that Paul prayed for God to remove this thorn in the flesh so that he could get on with his ministry, be more effective in his ministry, accomplish more in his ministry. In fact, he prayed not once, but at least three times. And each time God said, no, no, Verse 8, the same chapter, Paul says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. I want you to imagine that for just a moment. See if you can wrap your mind around that. The Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian who ever lived, the man who introduced Christianity to Europe, to most of our ancestors, the man who wrote much of the New Testament, that man, that man. We're talking about Paul here. When he prayed about this need in his life, found that God did not, would not, answer his prayers. Hard to believe. Because we know that Paul was a man of prayer. He writes about prayer in every single one of his letters. But here's a clear-cut case given in his own words of a time in his life when he desperately begged God over and over again to answer a very specific prayer. And God said no. As I ponder this story, I gather great encouragement from it. It teaches me several important principles. First uh, important principle that I get out of this is unanswered prayer sometimes happens to the very best of Christians. Secondly, when it happens, it's humanly unexplainable. Paul couldn't say why God wouldn't answer to the prayer. He, he he really could, you know I don't think there's any unconfessed sin in my life I'm not asking a I'm not asking for selfish reasons I, I don't I don't understand it There's no real human answer for it and thirdly when it happens God always has a higher purpose in mind God always has something in mind that's beyond us higher than us In Paul's case he kept on praying until God did give him if not an answer at least an explanation. Verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's God's explanation. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because God can do more through us by not answering our prayers than he can by answering them. Forget for a moment that some of your prayers are foolish and short-sighted. I know, I know mine are. There's some prayers i prayed over the years, and I thank God he did not answer them because they were dumb. And as I look back, I say, oh, well, thank you, Lord, uh, for, for not answering that prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for editing that prayer, if you will. But when God says no, we're forced to decide whether we will trust God and trust in God alone without the benefit of an answered prayer to lean upon You have to come to a point in your life where you say, I'm going to obey God. Uh, You know, every preacher comes to that. You, You know, I want to see souls saved. I want to see Christians strengthened. I want to see homes put back together. I want to see the sick healed. But let me tell you something. God has called me to preach, and I'm going to preach. And if I never see another soul saved, never see anyone strengthened by my messages, at least that I'm aware of, never see anything, any tangible results from my preaching, you say, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to preach. Because that's what God told me to do. I suppose, oh, no, I didn't see any results for 120 years. But yet he stayed at it, and that's what I'm going to do. And prayer is the same way. Pastor, what would you do if you knew? If you knew for sure that God was never going to answer another one of your prayers, what would you do? Well, I'd I'd pray. I'd still pray just like I always do. I hope I'd have that form of faithfulness to say, well, God has told me to pray. He's told me to pray without ceasing. He says men ought always to pray and not to faint. So I'm going to do what God said to do. Even if I know he's not going to answer me, I'm still going to pray. I'm going to be obedient. And I think sometimes God puts us in that position where he says, are you going to do what I told you to do, what I commanded you to do, what I asked you to do? Are you going to do that whether you see any tangible results or not? Perhaps if all of our prayers were answered, we'd end up taking God for granted. Unanswered prayer focuses us and forces us to trust in God alone. And when we do, He alone gets the glory. For it is at that point that His strength is made perfect in our, in our weakness. Sometimes it's better for us if our prayers are not answered immediately. Sometimes it's better if they're not answered at all. The great question is not, how can I get my prayers answered, although that's the one we want the answer to. The great question is, what will it take to draw me closer to the Lord? That is the point. Consider these words attributed to a soldier who died in battle during the war between the states. This was found on him, uh, on his corpse, after he died in that, uh, in that war. I ask God for strength that I might achieve, I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for help that I might do great things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for, but everything I'd hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. And I am among men most richly blessed. Wow, what tremendous words. What tremendous words. Sometimes we do get nothing we ask for, but everything we hope for. That brings me to a final point today. God hears every prayer from his children. I want you to understand that. Even the ones he chooses not to answer, God does hear your prayers. I want you to know that. No prayer is entirely wasted when one of God's children calls upon him in the name of Jesus. For even even unanswered prayer may be used by God to draw us closer closer to Him. The final solution, I think, lies somewhere along these lines. When we pray, we tend to focus exclusively on the answers where God wants us to focus on Him. I mean, let's face it. That's the natural thing, isn't it? That's when I want, when when I pray, I focus on answers. Okay, Lord, here's what i have asked for. Uh, when's it coming? Is it coming now? Right, right this moment? Uh, uh, maybe in an hour, two hours? Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Maybe even tomorrow. Tomorrow's good. I, I, I can I, I can wait till tomorrow. When we pray, we focus exclusively on the answers. How quickly, how precisely are they going to come? God says, No. I want you to focus on me whatever will help us do that to focus on God that's what we really need i need that more than i need the answer to a prayer sometimes that means our prayers will be answered in amazing and miraculous ways other times it means our prayers may not may not be answered at all do you remember the experience of job he lost his home his fortune his children his health his reputation for all practical purposes he lost his wife all that he counted dear was taken away from him. When he finally hit the bottom, filled with anger and wishing that he were dead, he uttered these words of faith. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, Job 13, 15. It's as if he's saying to the Lord, you can take my life, but you can't make me stop trusting you. You don't have to answer my prayers. Lord, you are sovereign. You can do whatever you want, but I'm still going to trust in you. Although it's true, Job wasn't too happy about what God had done to him and, and what God had allowed in his life. And yes, he wanted his day in court. He wanted his hearing. There's no doubt about that. But underneath the anger and the searing pain and the hardship and the brokenness that he went through was a bedrock of faith in God. Basically, he's saying, I don't understand this at all. But I'm hanging on to you, Lord, and I'm just not gonna let go. That's the place to which God wants to bring us. Sometimes unanswered prayer is the best way to get there. I don't understand this, Lord. I don't comprehend. I- I've thought about it. I've, I've, I- I've tried to work it out, but I don't understand this. This makes no sense to me. But I'm gonna hang on to you. I'm gonna trust in you, and I'm not gonna let go. I'm not gonna let go. Whether you answer a prayer or not is not going to affect my trust in you. So what do you do when prayers are not answered? Well, I have three quick suggestions I'd like to make in the closing moments. Number one, keep praying. Keep praying as long as you can. From time to time, we hear stories of, uh, well, we hear stories of how people have prayed for a loved one for 20, 30 years before the answer finally came. And we all know of stories of how some people have made miraculous recoveries after the doctors have given up all hope. Should we not gain hope when we hear about things like that and see such miracles? Keep on praying. Now, now, now there may be a point, there has been a couple of times in my life, where God has told me not to pray anymore about it. He said, don't, don't ask me anymore about that. But as long as God allows you to keep praying, you keep praying. If he tells you, you know, you might as well stop, there's no need of praying for that anymore. That's only happened a couple of times in my life. But, but when it happens, you stop. But you keep on praying as long as you can. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, keep at it. Don't give up. Secondly, give God the right to say no. Give God the right to say no. Now, now look, I, I understand this in an ultimate sense. God doesn't, doesn't need my permission to give him the right to say no. He already has that right whether we acknowledge it or not. I, I, I've got that. But if you never acknowledge that God does have the right to say no to you, You might be filled with anger and frustration and despair. Sometimes it's good to remind ourselves that God does have that right, and I accept that. To fight against God's right, is to say no to you is really the same thing as fighting against God. That's a battle you'll never win. You're not going to fight against God and win. And in this, we have the example of the Lord Jesus, who when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, with with sweat pouring off him as great drops of blood, he said, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. That's Matthew 26, 39. If Jesus needed to pray that way, how much more do we? Lord, I, I surrender to your right to say no here. Number three. Keep on doing what you know to be right. In the darkness of unanswered prayer, you may be tempted to give up on God. You may feel like throwing in the towel on prayer. But what good is that going to do? Listen, let me ask you something today. If you turn away from God, where are you going to go? (laughs) Who are you going to go to? You say, well, God's not answering my prayer. Well, who are you going to go to that will? There is no one else. (laughs) There's nowhere else to go. Keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on reading the Word of God, keep on obeying, keep on fellowshipping with the Lord. If you stay on course in the darkness, eventually the light will shine again, and you'll be glad you didn't turn away in that moment of disappointment. Whether the light shines exactly the way you want it to or not, I can't promise you that. But the light will shine. Can I share with you in the closing moments of of today's program a, uh, a poem? It's called He Maketh No Mistake. A man named A.M. Overton wrote this poem when his wife had passed away. And actually, as the pastor was preaching his wife's funeral, the pastor looked over and noticed Mr. Overton sitting in the pew writing something. And he kept on writing. Thinking that was kind of a strange thing to do after the service, he asked him about it. He said, Look, look, uh, you know, a We all deal with loss in different ways, but I am curious, you were writing something during almost the entire service. What what were you writing, may I ask you? And the guy said, Well, I've been I've been writing a poem. A poem. He wrote a poem during the funeral service, and here's what he wrote. My father's way may twist and turn, my heart may throb and ache, but in my soul I'm glad to know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, may my hopes may fade away. But still I'll trust my Lord to lead, for he doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him. He maketh no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight's far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all, leave it all to him. The final little stanza of the poem goes like this For by and by the mist will lift, and plain it all he'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, he made not one mistake. And how true that is. And in the end, that will be the testimony of every child of God. When we finally get to heaven, we'll look back over the pathway of life and see that through all the twists and turns and detours that we took, seemingly the endless trips that we had to make through the valley of unanswered prayers, we'll find something interesting. He made not one mistake. It will all make sense. It'll all make sense. Don't just trust in answers to prayer. I want to remind you, God did not say, my answers are sufficient. He didn't say that, although they are. But rather, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. That's what he told Paul. Sometimes God's answers might not seem might not seem sufficient. But His grace always will. Today we are talking about unanswered prayer. I've faced it and doubtless so have you. Unanswered prayer. Seemingly, uh, you know, I remember talking to the Lord one time and saying, Lord, it seems to me, you know, I've asked for for a lot of frivolous things over the years that seemingly you, you have given me. I've asked for... Uh, for dumb things and Lord you provided those I'm not used to not getting my prayers not answered you know and then I remember a couple of times I had something really big I asked God for and he didn't do I said Lord I don't understand it I asked for frivolity sometime and you give them to me and right now I'm asking for something important and you didn't well we all face that sometimes But I want you to know God loves you. God cares for you. Your main thing in praying is getting close to the Lord, drawing nigh to Him, fellowshipping with Him, not just in getting answers. God bless you. Till next time, T.D. Worthington saying, may God's richest blessings be upon you and yours over this coming week.